0: This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. If you love drama, Tuesday was a good day for you. I got a lot of drama for you on the basketball court. I got some drama in Badger land, and I've got some drama uh, with pitching. Sticky Substance Crackdown was a ton of fun. Chris Hine will join me in just a little bit, covers the Timberwolves. He's been on this show many, many times. You know him as the first five-time guest in Daily Delivery history. He'll come on, talk about the Timberwolves, did not keep their lottery pick that was the expected result but they did have a 27 28 percent chance of keeping it going into tuesday night instead it goes to golden state as the number seven pick in this year's draft so no first round draft pick for the wolves that completes the uh the, the cycle the circle of uh the d'angelo russell andrew wiggins trade with the wolves shipping out what turned into be the number seven overall pick in the 2021 draft but first what did i miss Sticky substance crackdown. Um, a little moment of levity. Former Twins pitcher Sergio Romo dropped his pants um, to uh, as part of the, uh, the 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 process of getting checked for uh, for illegal substances. That was kind of fun. Um, good for Sergio. Just just let it uh, just let it go. Be uh, be a little upset about getting checked uh, for for substances by umpires. But the real drama was uh, was saved for the uh, Nationals Phillies game. Max Scherzer checked three different times and the third time he got checked, had a little confrontation with Joe Girardi, the uh, the manager of, uh, of of the Phillies um, kind of stared him down, kind of gestured at him. Girardi comes storming out of the dugout, um, gets ejected and it's just this you know, is this what baseball wanted? I mean it, it kind of was fun for a day. But is this really going to be going on for you know for for days and days and days? Is this the new normal with pitchers just getting routinely checked? Like I'm I'm all for cracking down on this. Uh, don't go. Don't get me wrong. I I don't think it's okay that pitchers are cheating. I think it's ridiculous that this has gotten to this point. That said, it's also ridiculous to have in-game interruptions with constant checking and that you can just check ask to be checked whenever you want. Um, you know, and, and again, it can be a little gamesmanship at this point. Girardi did say, you know, there was no gamesmanship as part of it. He, he said he legitimately thought Max Scherzer was using something suspicious. So here, here's the quote from Joe Girardi after the game. But I've never seen him wipe his head
1: like he was doing tonight, ever. Um, going like this, right? So it was suspicious for me. He did it about four or five times. Um, it was suspicious. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I just got to do what's right for our
0: club. Now the umpires checked him. They said all they found was sweat. Scherzer basically was using the sweat on his head to get a better grip on the ball. Uh, he almost hit a batter earlier in the game, and uh, you know he, he he was having a hard time controlling the baseball. But also. Spin rates down for pitchers in the first game of Crackdowns. I'm not going to list individual pitchers. You can kind of go do that yourself. Baseball Savant has a lot of that right right there in front of you. Now, after the game, Scherzer said, I would have to be an absolute fool to use something illegal tonight. And he also, when asked asked about, uh, about uh, Joe Girardi checking him for foreign substance, said, these are Manfred rules, referring to Commissioner Rob Manfred. Go ask him what he wants to do with this. I've said enough. I don't need to say any more about this. This is going to be some serious drama for baseball for the rest of the year. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe that's fun. Um, maybe it's injecting some life into the game. I don't know. It's It's going to get a little contentious, though. And, you know, I don't think players are too happy with Commissioner Rob Manfred. I wouldn't be. You know, a midseason rule change like this, I get it. You want to crack down, but why have you let this go on for so long and then all of a sudden you decide to crack down on it in the middle of a season? It doesn't make much sense to me. The only growing animosity in the game between pitchers and hitters between pitchers and managers, and specifically between everybody and Rob Manfred, who you know even before this all started was not the uh, the most popular guy, not the most popular commissioner in the game. Slowly taking over, probably is the worst commissioner in all of professional sports maybe not even that slowly maybe taking over pretty fast so yeah if we're gonna have an ejection and a confrontation on, on a routine basis over these checks I guess I'm, uh, I'm 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 intrigued by it but I don't think it's going to be good for the long-term health of baseball enjoy your money your way when you switch to Royal credit Union you can pay friends and family for free deposit checks on the go and even get alerts about your accounts sent in real time stop in and open your account today or get started at rcu.org slash your way insured by NCUA Happy to be joined on Daily Delivery today by several-time guest Chris Hine. Um, had to have you on one more time before a little break here because the lottery, draft lottery drawing was Tuesday night. Timberwolves do not keep their pick. Um, that was the expected outcome, Chris, but still maybe a little bit disappointing for Wolves fans who are hoping the 27.6% chance of keeping that top three pick would uh, would hang in there for them this year.
1: Yeah, you know, coming into the night, you you thought that they might defy the odds a little bit, but actually dropping to the seventh pick was their highest odds of any scenario happening. I think it was about 29-ish percent or so, give or take, that they would end up in the seventh spot, and that's what played out. So now we know that getting rid of Andrew Wiggins uh, brought back the Russell, but it also cost them a second-round pick, and it cost them the seventh overall pick in this year's draft. That is the final price put a bow on the Andrew Wiggins trade.
0: As you think about that, was it, you know, we're going to have to see more of Russell and towns. And we certainly knew that Wiggins and town was towns, wasn't working. Um, but is with it conveying at number seven, you have no idea what's going to happen at the time. Is that a fair trade to golden state get more value? Maybe than then you think the wolves did in that trade.
1: It's still, I think it's still tough to say ultimately, um, I think you would much rather be uh, on the war. I don't know if much rather be, but the Warriors got in their view, somebody that they needed or, or kind of filled the need. And they got a couple of draft picks on top of it, you know? So I think Russell to, to make that trade work for the wolves, we're going to have to see him elevate this team, or at least help them out, help elevate this team to a playoff contending team. Otherwise I think, you could say that Golden State probably probably quote unquote won the trade, at least in the at least in the foreseeable future here. Um, that being said, you know, who knows what the future is gonna hold? Who knows what they're gonna what who they're gonna pick with the seventh pick here. You listen to analysts talk about this draft, and you know, beyond the top four or maybe top five, there there seems to be a consensus drop-off. Now, I I don't like listening to the consensus on when right. it comes. To, to draft thinking i think it's a fool's errand every year um especially last year when when you know people were saying that there <laughs> there was maybe really no like top tier talent available in, in the draft um and i think uh, people would argue that was that's a little that's not the case right uh, so i tend i tend to take those evaluations with a grain of salt but i will say that at least the wolves avoided the worst case scenario of giving up the number four pick, which would have put Golden State in that tier of four or five and, and given them maybe a lot more ammunition as it relates to either getting a pick or potentially trading it. Because um, uh, I think the Wolves, you know, if they had gotten a top three pick, maybe they would have been open for business in terms of trading it.
0: Now, I feel like a lot of what the wolves did at the end of the year was, you know, obviously geared toward, they want to be competitive. They wanted to see what they had with these guys. They wanted to start a winning culture. Part of me also wondered though, like if there was this fear that if they were in kind of that bottom three of the league, that the pick would convey 60% chance. It would convey as the number four or the number five pick or right around there. And that the optics of that versus, you know, how they finish now and getting the seven pick and giving that up. That's that's a pretty big difference in this draft. Do you think the optics fueled any of that? Or is that just a byproduct of them playing better in the second half of the season?
1: We'll never really know the truth to that. You know, it's, it's we'll never, you'll never hear anybody come out and say that, right? Of course not. Yeah. Um, My, my sense is, is that they're reasoning what they weren't, they're not lying when they say, and you can just look at like, Delo and Cat and the fact that they had only played like five or six whatever however right. many games it was and it's like yeah now that both guys are healthy with about a month it was about a month and a half left in the season you do need to see what this looks like you did need to see whether that worked whether you could win some games with these guys just what you have what else do you need around them like there's a lot of evaluation that had to take place in that last six weeks especially with a new coach and, and trying to see what what Chris Finch could add to the mix here. So, so I do buy, I do buy that reasoning and you, they did have some success down the stretch. I think it was seven and five over the last 12. Right. That was what really the, kind of those last few weeks really dropped them down to the sixth spot. Um, and so I, I do buy the reasoning, but um, you know, it's still, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't take the sting out of, out of what happened tonight. Any, any, anymore. I put pl- up on Twitter. I put the, uh, the Price is Right horns out there, the sad the <laughs> the, <bad> trombones. Yes, <laughs> exactly.
0: <so. laughs> yeah, and it is. It's, you know, people, I think what's interesting is that if the Wolves had played the way they probably thought they would play this year, which was, you know, not, they don't think they had any, any you know, illusions of being like a top four team in the West this quick, but I think they thought more highly of themselves and other people thought more highly of themselves that maybe this could be, a 500 team that maybe could compete for at least a play in then them playing so poorly actually put them in a position where this even became a question of would you know would they maybe keep this pick and could it convey in the top 3 so it kind of got interesting where you know if they played better if they they wouldn't have even been in this conversation and then they got their maybe got the fans hopes up and maybe their own hopes up a little bit but now not having the pick they know they get their pick in 2022 they would hope it's you know not a lottery pick, um, you know, because that would mean they had a good season. But in the short term, not a ton of flexibility to make a lot of additions this off season because they don't have a lot of cap room. If they're going to do anything at this point now with no draft pick, it's probably going to be trades, right?
1: Yeah, that would that would seem to be the thing um, when you have such little room under the luxury tax. And now they're not going they're not going to have to add a, a you know a top three pick salary. So there is that. So Roses has talked about some of the financial flexibility that that allows, but it's not a, it's not a, like, it's a lot of financial flexibility. It's a little bit. Um, so, but yeah, any major moves, you just look at the cap sheet and you say, well, we are almost at the tax. So any moves are going to have to be trades. So, and we've heard roses say that the power forward position is priority heading into this off season. So we'll see what kind of tricks he has or deals he has up his sleeve. Um, Kind of what they're prepared for. I, you know, I know they go over these contingencies a lot. I, I joked with them yesterday, or, or not yesterday, but last week. Um, I said, you know, is there a file A for if you get the pick, and a file <laughs> B if you don't get the pick? And he said, there's about 25 files. So, you know, we'll see which one of those files uh, gets plucked here in, in coming weeks.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting too because. You know, I've become obsessed. My latest obsession is Ben Simmons because I think he's a distressed asset. I've moved. I'm not, I haven't fully moved on from John Collins, but you know, when Atlanta makes the Eastern conference finals, I, I start, you know, it's, he's kind of the new Devin Booker, right? Devin Booker all of a sudden right. you know, becomes Seems, this unattainable guy. at
1: one point, but yeah, now, now I'd be shocked if Atlanta, right. I mean,
0: having this level never, of success and having it, yeah. Have, having a legitimate chance to get to the finals. I don't think Atlanta's out of their depth competing against Milwaukee in that, in that conference finals. And we'll, we'll see, but you know, the, 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 the types of moves they could make will, are going to be probably not necessarily core guys, unless they, they find a way to go all in. But one interesting thing that, that Rose has brought up in that interview with you and, you know, the guy that I kind of forget about, um, it was the number 23 pick last year. Um, Leandro Balmaro had a really good year in Spain, right. And is maybe developing into someone that they could potentially bring over and bring into the mix. Now, refresh my memory. What is he a shooting guard? What does he have a position really? What's what's his, you know, from, you know, from the limited film we get from Spain? What what's the skill set and what would they be looking for if they do, you know, indeed have this mutual desire to bring him over?
1: I haven't drilled that far down the Bolmaro rabbit hole um and okay. maybe he, uh, as he gets closer to to maybe signing, uh we'll do a little more of a breakdown on him and and analysis here, right here on daily delivery. Yes, we could. It was,
0: it was Um, (laughs) 10 years ago that, uh, someone else uh, who excelled in that Spanish league uh, arrived here (laughs) to great fanfare.
1: That's right. That's right. We could be seeing part two of that here. Um, so, you know, we'll see, I I know a lot of Wolves fans on, on Twitter and things like that are excited about him. Um, you know, he had a great year uh, over in the Spanish league. Was named most spectacular player.
0: That's a great award name, by the what way. A great, what a great! I, I was, hope,
1: I thought that too. I like, hope I win an award like that sometime. Name. They should most, you know, they most, should give me
0: an award like that.
1: Most spectacular Star Tribune
0: podcaster. Wow, there you go. That's a, that's, a low, <laughs> that's a low, bar, but that's fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm good at that.
1: <laughs> so, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, Roses has said that they're going to be talking to his agent. I and I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how not landing a pick here affects any of that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that does free up the money, for instance, that the roster
0: they, spot, it, maybe too. to yeah.
1: spot to sign him. So I'm not sure how that all factors into the mix here, but I imagine now that they have, now that the wolves are, are basically they're set in terms of where they're ha- headed into August 1st here. You know, now I think they can make drill down and make more concrete plans about about where this roster is over the next month, uh, five weeks or so here.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the very least, they know where they stand now. They 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 <laughs> head into free agency right early August. They know they have their pick next season, so you know they've they've got that to to think about as they think about their assets going forward. That's one of their favorite words. But yeah, I mean, I really felt like this had the potential to be. You know, if they could have somehow gotten lucky in the lottery Tuesday, boy, that would have really put them into a spot where they held a lot of cards. They could have really, you know, with the, with the players they have and the contracts they have, you know, if they wanted to trade that pick, they really could have gotten into a pretty nice spot where they could have, you know, landed another one of those real core players if they wanted to. And and now that opportunity just doesn't really exist. I don't think with, with what they can, what they can move in a trade.
1: It's tough to see that. Like you said, if if you, if you come in with the, with like the number two or three pick to the, to the trade market, you're going to, you're going to intrigue a lot of people, um, especially
0: in this draft with a lot of. Especially you
1: know, in this draft and in, in that tier of the draft, but yeah, um, you know, I, I think back to the the Andrew Wiggins uh, trade talks when when you know, fitting that we're revisiting that a little bit here now. But you know, I remember talking to you about like what would it take for the Wolves to unload Andrew Wiggins's contract, and and what it would it take two first rounders? what it take? Yeah you know like like we, we often wondered that question of just how can they get off of this contract and you know i don't want to say it was a little easier than we thought for for the wolves and and you know we've sitting here a year and a half later and it is a pretty it's, it's still a pretty steep price to pay uh, given up the number uh, what amounted to a number 7 pick in the draft but i think what i'm what my the point i'm trying to make here is i think roses you know I think trades might be a little easier to make than, than we think okay. when it comes to when it comes to analyzing their situations. So, I'd never rule anything out. I guess is, is is what I'm trying to say.
0: With the wolves, you should never ever rule a single thing out, Chris Hein. That is for sure. Well, <laughs> while while I've got you here, I want to talk a little bit about a really good piece you wrote Tuesday about Carl uh, Nassib and just you know becoming the first active pro athlete in the NFL, as a matter of fact, to, to, come out as gay, um, you are a gay man yourself. You are a you know, gay sports writer. You've talked with plenty about that on Twitter. You know, it's, it's part of your, your personality it's part of who you are. And so you wrote that and I thought it was really a good piece, but I'd like you to kind of, you know, give the listener here a little bit more perspective on, you know, what went into that and what, what this means, you know, to you personally, or, you know, even just the broader community.
1: Anytime you have somebody like like Carl in in a position like that in the NFL, especially when you're when you're breaking boundaries like he is, and you are existing as yourself or and as a gay man uh, or a queer man, uh, you know, or or in spaces like this that traditionally are unwelcome, it, it to, to our community it is very significant. And I people will say, and the point the point of what I wrote was. A lot of people say, why is this news? What? Who cares? It, it means a lot, uh, especially if you're a, a adolescent or teenager who's struggling with your gender identity or sexuality. It means a lot um, to see somebody like that excelling and hopefully thriving, being their full authentic selves in these spaces. That is, that is the significance of this. If I had had somebody... Like him to look up to in sports when I was 14, 15 years old, I think it would have made a world of difference. I, I really do. Because when I was 14, 15, growing up in a, in a, in a very Catholic environment uh, with my family being religious and going to Catholic school my whole life, as I was struggling with my sexuality, you, you often felt like there was very little future for you to, to fully be yourself. Um, you didn't really see any avenues where you could, where you could be yourself. Um, I often thought I would have to live a a double life, um, or, you know, or I would just have to kind of suppress my, my sexual, uh, identity. So to see this is, is huge. It's just huge. Um, and I, I hope that it, it, he's able to change some minds, change some hearts, People in his locker room, maybe in his family life, um, and they see that there's nothing to fear and that we are just normal people. I mean, we're I, 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 I don't like the word normal, but we're just people. Right. You know, and, and that's what that's what it is at the end of the day. And that's why this is so significant to me.
0: That's very well said. I, I, I like the video. He, he, you know, it just it was very uh Plain spoken. It wasn't like he was. He just, he just like started out and just like got the news right out there. And it was just like here. I, here, I loved here it. it. Is I, loved, I loved
1: it. I loved. I loved it. And I made a joke about this on Twitter that this is how I'm going to enter every room I ever <laughs> enter the rest of my life. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment to say I'm gay. <laughs> you know, just I love. I loved. How, it was
0: great. It was just.
1: I was, loved how casual that was. Hey it guys, was. Just take a moment to say I'm gay. It was. But but then what he said after it too uh, was was so great to hear which was the reason that he was doing it was what I just said was just basically like I believe a lot in representation and you know and kind of being a a role model to play it to pay it forward and to help people that come after him and that's what it's all about and it was great to see him donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project which which helps uh, which helps LGBTQ plus youth um, especially as it relates to their to their mental issues and, and thoughts of suicide, it's it's a wonderful cause. So it's it's been just a, a great twenty four plus hours because uh, I honestly never thought this would happen uh, in wow. the foreseeable future. Yeah. After after what happened to Michael Sam, yep. when he came out, and then all of a sudden he started sliding down draft boards. You started seeing some anonymous executives coming out and saying saying this and that about his draft ability and it's, just a, it's a distraction and this and that. I honestly never thought, especially somebody like, like, like like Carl, who's kind of, he's not a star. He's, right. he's, he's a roster guy in the NFL. Good he,
0: solid player. Yeah.
1: He's a He's Solid player, but he's not like his talent. Isn't like in, unimpeachable. You sure. know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not like a, a pro bowl caliber player. Right. Um, I thought a lot of those guys would just look at what happened to Michael Sam and say, you know what? It's just not worth the risk. It's not worth the millions of dollars I might lose to my career. I will just stay in the closet and I will just gut through it for my career. And then maybe afterwards I would come out. Um, I never thought uh, at least in the, in the near future that we would see this happen again. And I'm glad we are
0: NFL matched the donation too. I saw that on Tuesday and it feels like the NFL. And again, I don't know, you know, you can only take them at their actions, but it feels like that league and other leagues have, have come a certain distance, not just with, you know, issues of, you know, sexual identity, things like that, but in terms of just social issues, things like that in, in the last year, two, three years that the landscape is different maybe than it, than it was before. So maybe, you know, maybe this, this, you know, hopefully in the next, you know, in coming years, this isn't, you know, the the quote unquote news that, that it is right now. And maybe it's less news right now that it is just noteworthy. And like you, like you've articulated a, Mm -hmm. a moment where it means a lot to a lot of people, as opposed to just being a news event.
1: I hope so. I, I, and I, I hope that this is right. I'm still skeptical after what happened to Michael, Sam, I'm still skeptical because it's been seven years since that happened. And the top four men's pro sports. This is the first. Yeah. Uh, this is the first that we've seen somebody come out. So it took it took about seven years for somebody to reemerge from that. So while I'm very happy that this happened, and, and all signs and, and the response from the NFL was great, um, at least you know everything's looked good in the first 24 hours here. Yeah. As the excitement over it fade, over the announcement fades, we get into football. I hope you know, I hope he continues to, to, to play on the Raiders. I hope he continues to play well. And I hope that, you know, cause that's the only way this is going to, this is ever going to diminish in its, in its news value. And this right. worthiness over time is if somebody like him is just allowed to be himself and play in the NFL and it's not a big deal. So that's, I, I do hope we've, we've turned a corner there a little bit, but, you know, check back with me in about, you know, two and a half months when, uh, he suits up, uh, you know, week one, uh, fingers crossed that nothing happens between now and then.
0: Absolutely. And that's probably about how long it'll be till I talk to you about the wolves too. Cause they've got a long <laughs> break, which probably means you get a little time off as well. Chris Hine, great to catch up with you on both of those subjects. Thanks for articulating everything so well. Um, enjoy some well-earned time off and we'll catch you again in a month or maybe month and a half or so.
1: Sounds good, Mike. Thank you.
0: And I should mention the Detroit Pistons got the number one overall pick in the draft lottery drawing on Tuesday. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of that uh, top three, top five shakes out. Again, no Wolves as part of that. Certainly no uh, Clippers or Suns in the top 14. They played on Tuesday in a very dramatic game, continuing our theme of drama. I don't know if you guys watched it. Paul George missed two free throws after playing very clutch ball at the end, had the Clippers up one. Paul George at the line with about eight seconds left misses a pair of free throws. Phoenix comes down, gets the ball knocked out of bounds. They got like less than a second left. Deandre Ayton catches an alley oop from from Jay Crowder to win the game. Be- beautiful, brilliant play call because on in an inbound play there is no such thing as goaltending. It's a you can you can grab it wherever you want to because it's just a, a live ball and not a shot. Ayton puts it in. 104, 103, the Suns win. They're up 2-0 in that series, and now sounds like Chris Paul could be back for Game 3. Suns looking like every bit of a contender with a lot of the big names already out. The Lakers out. The Nets out. Philadelphia out. Could be the Suns year. We will have to see about that. Let's end with the cooler. Drama in Wisconsin. Wisconsin State Journal story. I wrote about this on the Ramball blog on uh, on Tuesday, but uh, players in a secret in a meeting with uh seniors in a meeting with Greg Guard their head coach of the men's basketball team uh, seven seniors called him out they you know, basically saying yeah, they they don't think they're going to have a great relationship with him when the year is over this was in February so this was kind of towards the end of the 2021 season that uh, did not go how Wisconsin wanted they made the tournament lost in the second round kind of went down from uh, from their lofty expectations at the start of the year but uh, an audio recording of that conversation, of that long meeting, made its way to the Wisconsin State Journal. The report on Tuesday, quoting a lot of the players from that meeting, following up with a lot of them as well. I don't know where Wisconsin goes from here, honestly. Uh, that's, that's a pretty negative thing to have out there, with a lot of players calling out the coach, um, saying he doesn't have their back, saying you know a lot of things about him. Uh, that uh, they know that that aren't flattering and not don't look good for that program, so if i'm the gophers i'm gonna use that in recruiting right you gotta use that in recruiting if you're the, if you're the gophers, if you're ben johnson, if you say hey you're gonna you gonna go play for that guy that that you know go go there and by the time you're a senior you're gonna hate your coach or you're gonna be you gonna be complaining about a lot of things and you know i don't know how I feel about a locker room meeting audio transcript or audio recording getting You know, leaked like that. I don't think it's any fault of the newspaper. That falls in your hands. You you do what you do with it. It's it's news in that regard. But somebody making a secret recording of that. That there must have been something else going on there to make them feel like they needed to record that conversation. So that's a mess for Wisconsin. Um, You know, if you enjoy those sorts of things, if you enjoy a little bit of the Schadenfreude, uh, you can enjoy this story very very much. That'll do it for today. Expected to be joined Thursday by three fans. Viewers of Bally Sports North asked them a bunch of questions on a recent interview. I'll have that for you on Thursday as well as plenty of other things to talk about this week. Thanks for joining me so much on Wednesday's Daily Delivery, and we will catch you again on Thursday.